Welcome to Carve Your Own Fucking Path, a podcast featuring candid interviews with unconventional entrepreneurs who are boldly doing business and living on their own damn terms. I'm Willow, your host and media coach. A lot of new entrepreneurs really struggle with showing up on video confidently and authentically. So I help them transform their on-camera presence so that they can communicate their message and their stories and expertise much more effectively and ultimately connect with dream clients, gain visibility, and make a bigger impact. All of my inspirational guests on this show have a big mission and story to tell and have been on anything but a linear path. Showing up for their business and being seen is part of the journey, and we dive deep into that experience. I'm excited for you to meet my next guest. Okay, on to the show. Welcome, Michaela, to Carve Your Own Fucking Path. This is the Show Up and Be Seen series, and I thought you would be absolutely perfect for this because you are showing up and being seen all over the place as a business owner, founder of Oh, The People You Meet, and you're a master storyteller, and you're online interviewing people every single day (laughs) during this pandemic. So I cannot wait to dive in and ask you, about your journey. You inspire me and so many other people. And I would just love to hear first about your path. Take us, take us back a little bit of your backstory. (laughs) Well, interestingly, the universe, I feel like has her, her, her magical ways of working. And last night I had one of my creative moments where all of a sudden at 10 PM, my brain, like, lights up and I have this idea and I ended up writing this article for the International Travel Film Festival Africa. Mm. Um, I was supposed to be in South Africa in April and because of COVID, Mm -hmm. I didn't get to go. (laughs) Um, And I was supposed to be moderating the IT FFA film festival and one of my films was up for an award there. Mm-hmm. And so it's an honor to be able to like zoom in on the 27th. But the article that I ended up writing was something to the effect of what do you do when there's not a map? And that's kind of become the theme of my life. Um, so rewinding, I grew up corn fed in the Midwest and St. Louis, Missouri with my family. They're loud and lovable. We didn't have a ton of resources, but my parents were very hardworking. Uh, My dad was a cop and ended up being a homicide detective. And my Mm -hmm. mom um, worked with special school district and like both of them just like worked really hard and always had jobs that like helped a greater community. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's very relevant in the work that I try to do and I have younger sisters and I I think it trickled down um, to each of us. I think we're all pretty uh, hardworking, self-aware women. Mm -hmm. Um, So flash forward, I went to school in Alabama. I moved to New York right out of school. I faxed in my resume and uh, I know all the good old fax machines. Most people probably don't know what those are. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember I rolled into this interview and I'm holding my portfolio because I had an art degree and I had like done mm-hmm. all these internships in like graphic design and art direction and I have an art minor. And so here I like roll in with this and they're like, 
uh, what's that for? And I'm like, yeah, the assistant art director job. And they're like, no, it's assistant media planner. And I'm like, let's talk media. And I threw the portfolio over my shoulder and somehow nailed myself a job. Pretty good amount. Had no experience in media, but nailed myself the job. I ended up like really not liking that job, but I learned a lot about advertising and it actually was like the ticket to introducing myself to the publishing world, which is where I went from there. Mm -hmm. And so I have this in my corporate journey. I have all these, what could have been perceived as failures uh, because I got these jobs that I was totally underqualified for, but I worked really hard. People liked me. And it like advanced to the next step. So I kind of saw all those as like, you know, paying your dues, working hard, showing mm-hmm. up to your point mm-hmm. and um, gaining trust of people. They're like, well, she, she's a dynamo. She's a hard worker. She's not going to let you down. Like, even if she doesn't want to sleep under her desk and do those RF reports for the media plan, she's not going to let you go to the meeting without them. And so I think I gained trust of very high level people. I'm obviously not shy or a wallflower. So I, I spoke up, which also gets me in trouble a lot, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so full disclosure, it's not always a good thing. And then I, I'm trying to think, I went from there, I worked at Condé Nast, I worked on the corporate team, um, but I was not a salesperson at that time. I was really kind of reverse planning against agencies. So I didn't love it, but it was enough of a bump in salary that I was like, oh my God, I've made it big time. Really, Mm -hmm. that translated in New York to like an extra thing of dry cleaning, but like, whatever. Um, And also, right, something Mm -hmm. ridiculous and nominal. Um, But then it allowed me uh, exposure to all these different salespeople who had this like freedom. And I was like supporting Mm -hmm. the salespeople with marketing materials and their media plans. And I was like, I could totally do their job. And I actually know how to talk about the numbers and the programs. And I was like, hmm. So I started interviewing for all the sales jobs. It was very coveted back in those days. And it was a hard thing to get. And anybody that was going up for the jobs actually had experience doing so. Mm -hmm. I did not. Um, But a gentleman at Hearst who ran Town & Country were launching a travel and a weddings publication. And he totally should have given it to someone else that had more qualifications than me. But I like, I came in, I came in with ideas. I I followed up with him. I gave him handwritten notes and he married a Midwestern woman. And so he was like, you know what? I want to give you a chance. Mm. Don't let me down. And boy, did I want to work hard for that man. He was Mm. one of the best bosses that I ever had. Such a great experience. It was also my foray into travel. Like, I'll never forget. He called me into his office and he's like, Hey, can you go to the Virtuoso conference for me? It's on a cruise ship leaving the Bahamas. And I was like, What is being asked of me? I was like, You want to pay me and pay for me to go on the cruise for work? And he was like, Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, okay, I could do that. Sure. Make it happen. I was like, You know, Mm. like so excited. And it was, it was great. And on that cruise ship, actually, all these clients were trapped with me. So it actually was a wonderful way to get to know people because it was like frequency of people. Mm -hmm. And I was meeting like some of the most high level people in the luxury travel industry. And so it really, I was this 
vivacious at the time I was probably like 25 or 26 and I had so much energy and I would just like <laughs> walk up and talk to anyone like no fear and um yeah it was like actually probably a really pivotal moment in my travel journey and from there I ended up going uh to run with our travel sellers at Travel and Leisure magazine which you can imagine was the largest uh, ad category for the, the publication and site. And I worked with all of our international editions. Um, I was there for our first website relaunch and I helped them launch some digital programs. And then I went to the corporate team where I was the vice president of global travel and strategic development for all of American Express publishing. And at the time we were also on the same floor as Time Inc. And the woman running Time Inc. at the time was my old boss from Condé. So I walked into her one day and I was like, Leslie, I think it's really weird that we work at different companies, but sit on the same floor. And she was like, do you? She's like, well, you've always been intuitive. And I was like, hmm, shit's about to get really ugly, isn't it? She was like, like I said, you've always been intuitive. And I was like, okay, good talk. Folded out in the sales world. We got our bonuses in February and uh, that was it. I was hmm. like, I need to go figure out a couple different things here. My company, Amex Publishing at the time mm-hmm. and Time Inc. didn't have solutions that I believed in from mm-hmm. a future of storytelling on digital and social nor a video platform but neither did any of my comp set. So it wasn't just that. I realized that the problem was much larger. So while I used to have these like advertising wars between Travel and Leisure and Condé Nast or um, even going up against like Hearst or whatever, it, it was no longer about that. Like all, all of publishing now can't even make a drop in the competition that like Google brought forward, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's the the whole landscape changed and it changed way faster than I thought it would. And so Amex sold to Time Inc and Time Inc sold to Meredith. It all went downhill way faster than I thought. And so when everyone asked where I was going and thought I was going to the competition, I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, you guys are on the Titanic and I want off. I like saw the tip of the iceberg and I know it's just the tip. Like mm. I need to go figure this out for myself. And I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to do because it didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Hmm, this is like a really scary, unnerving place to be for a person. That's like always like I had a plan and I always did like what I was supposed to do. And I always did really well. And I like climbed up the ladder and I was like, and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm at the top of the ladder and there's nowhere to go. I'm like just mm-hmm. looking over a cliff. What the heck? Um, all right, this is a system reset. And so I'd always wanted to go to Africa. I'd always given it up for like a guy or a job. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden I was like, I don't have any of those things. And by the way, that becomes a reoccurring theme in my adult life. Um, <laughs> So there's always like some pivot around like (laughs) losing all of the things. I'm like, okay, here we go again, universe. Mm -hmm. So in this particular instance, got a one-way ticket, went to Africa. I started Oh, the People You Meet. Oh, the People You Meet started as a website. And I was just going to cover sustainable travel companies, which eight years ago, people didn't really use the word sustainable travel. And they Mm -hmm. weren't talking about immersive experiences or transformation. And they most certainly especially like from a journalism point of view, weren't letting the local host 
tell the story. And I was like, well, why, why would anyone trust me for my expertise in Africa or Italy or really Ohio? Because Mm -hmm. I live in New York city. So shouldn't we like tap into the people that actually live there? Like you might like me and you decide to join the journey with me. So our little theme is like pack a bag and journey on with us because we're the ones going on the trip together. And then we're going to go meet the local host. So I'm Mm -hmm. a curator. I'm not a host. And when I first started, um, I wasn't even doing video. It, it took a few months in my coming back from three and a half epic months across Africa and seven different countries. My parents thought I lost my mind. You know, I had a one-way ticket. I'm like, mom, I like ran into this guy I met in Mexico and Kenya and he's sponsoring me to climb Kilimanjaro. Isn't that great? And she was like, you're doing this all by yourself? And I'm like, uh-huh. And she's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> They're like, where did you come from? I don't know. My dad doesn't even like to fly. So it's just, oh, wow. Really, actually, yeah, no, like we're mm-hmm. completely polar opposite. It doesn't make sense. But um, long story long, I get back from Africa and I was asked to audition for a TV show. They're like, send us your mm. reel. And I'm like, I'm a recovering executive. I don't have one of those. They're like, okay, send us a video. And so I went down, um, Gabe Stuhlman is a restaurant tour in New York City. And he had some of the hot, like fun little restaurants. And I was like, Gabe, I have this random favor. Can I like come behind the scenes with you? And like, tell me about why you named the restaurant after your grandparents, and, like your favorite dish and whatever. So we did this little video. I put it on YouTube. I send it to the production company and they're like, oh, we've gone a different direction. The show didn't get greenlit. I'm like, mm, all right, whatever. And so to date, oh, the people you meet had all been about inspiring people in Africa all across these different countries. And I was like, well, he's an inspiring dude. And this is good information. And people always ask me for my restaurant trips in New York City. Let's put mm-hmm. it on the site. So I put it on the site. Well, lo and behold, I start getting all these phone calls. And like when I say phone calls, like 70 phone calls in like 24 hours, I'm getting text messages. Like, and people that I, like I haven't spoken to in months. And I'm like, what is going on? And they kept mm-hmm. saying like, I see you. Like, wow, congratulations. And I'm like, what? And then finally, a few people were like, I saw you in a taxi. I saw you in a taxi. And I'm like, I don't even think I was in a taxi today. So like what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. And so flash forward, the head of communications at the time for Qatar Airways had been one of my clients. And she was one of the people that reached out about mm-hmm. seeing me in a taxi. And I was like, Bess, break it down for me. What are you talking about? She's like, Dingleberry, like your video is on the taxi TV. Oh. And I was like, oh. The restaurant one, the, re- the restaurant video. <laughs> wow. Right. So I'm like, Oh, okay. So I have no, I still have no idea how that happened and nor did I get any revenue stream from that, but whatever, <laughs> read YouTube licensing laws. Yeah. What happened from that and the silver lining was Qatar Airways ended up hiring me and bringing me to Doha and mm. I got to meet Chef Nobu and Chef Ramsey and Batia and Tom Akins and I filmed with the CEO and then Peter Greenberg, who was the contributor at CBS at that time, ended up picking up those episodes which led to us going to Peru and Michaela's map, my video series ended up being born. Mm-hmm. What also grew from that was all these different people that were like, wow, we travel, maybe we're journalists and we're on assignment 
in a place, but you know, the publications only highlighting the story of the hotel opening, but not really highlighting this really inspiring person. Like there was, there was no place for the story that maybe didn't directly relate to travel. Like it touched mm -hmm. travel, but there was no place for the human interest part of it. And mm -hmm. so I started getting all these people writing to me, like I don't really approach contributors and we have over 110 of them across the globe. They usually come to me like, I have this story idea. I don't have a place for it. I'm like, yeah, you know, as long as it's in voice, a thousand percent, like it's a platform. And I still don't touch advertising in a traditional sense. Mm -hmm. um, I guess flash forward to, to COVID times, crazy COVID time. Mm -hmm. we're, um, so we're eight years into Oh, the People You Meet. Um, Michaela's map, like full tilt. We actually pre-COVID, almost immediately pre-COVID, we finished filming and editing an entire season of the show. Mm. So we have 11 episodes, like ready to roll. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yay, let's launch them in March. It'll be so great. And then I'm like, COVID, pandemic, what, what is this? Lockdowns? Oh, trap. There's no way that will happen. Well, mm -hmm. sure, sure shit, it did. Um, yeah. So we, we have an entire season of Michaela's map that actually we are looking to roll out potentially right before the holidays or if anything mm. in early January. Okay. Um, and we have episodes that we've filmed. We've shown some of them in private screenings. So like our Sierra Leone piece, uh, I interviewed Dr. Jane Goodall mm -hmm. and I ended up getting to go back and doing a private screening. We did one in New York at the Core Club. We did another one in London. They rented out the View Cinema in Leicester Square, which I was like, oh my God, I'm presenting like in a real theater. This is so cool. And then they flew me back to Freetown, which was the first time I actually got to share my film with the people that I interviewed and mm -hmm. like in this intimate setting. And I like literally still get goosebumps thinking about it. Like I started crying. They like gave me a standing ovation. Idris Elba was there with his wife and like, cause he Oof, was going back to get chills. his citizenship. And I was mm -hmm. like, I was like, oh my God. And they're like, the minister of tourism hugs me. And she's like, stop crying. I'm like, no, it's like good crying. It's good crying. <laughs> it's a good thing. She's like, okay. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was so, it was so lovely. And I was like, you know, it's wonderful to meet a celebrity like Idris Elba or a Jane Goodall. Mm -hmm. Like she has been a she hero of mine since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. But there was something even more amazing about like the real people that I met. And so that's always been like the premise of, of my show is to meet real interesting and inspiring people. And so in those dark, crazy days of COVID thinking, you know, I've been building this thing for eight years and mm -hmm. now I'm like ready to, to share it. And it's going to be so great. And then all this, and then realizing it's tone deaf to publish that right now. I need, I need to pull that back. Mm -hmm. And so pulling back and being like, okay, even though these are human interest stories and messages of inspiration, I think there's some other gifts that I should be sharing with the universe right now and, and the world. And mm -hmm. So it actually came from my yoga studio, Moto Yoga NYC. And they were one of the first to shut down. I'm like, what? that's extreme. Why are they shutting down? And they almost instantly started live free classes on Instagram. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And they were free in the very beginning. They're like, we're trying to figure this out. But in the meantime, here's the gift from us. And from a personal perspective, like I'm a yogi. It does mm-hmm. so much for my mind body connection. And like yogis or yoga is always relevant. Um, I think to staying grounded mm-hmm. and present. Oh yeah. However, especially now, and, and the fact that they were also live, there was, I would start seeing like the teacher occasionally would like greet me and I would see instead of a class of 25, 30 people, all of a sudden there'd be thousands of people and like the teacher would be like, oh, so-and-so from Turkey and so-and-so from Africa, blah, blah, blah. And like my sister would call in from St. Louis. And like, this was something I could never have done with my sister before. And I was like, Mm -hmm. how lovely. And I saw their audience grow and grow and grow on Instagram. And I thought, obviously this is what people need right now. And I was like, so what are, what are my gifts that I can share and give back to people right now? And I was like, well, we have a strong digital platform, many of them actually. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and we have a global community of people. We've, we've already kind of figured out the, the digital bit. And I was like, and we have like quite a Rolodex of interesting and inspiring people from all across the globe. So I was like, well, let's tie that together. And that is what became Inspiration Station. And so, and I mean, for the first several months, we literally did it every day. I have no mm. idea how we did it. I had no experience Crazy. doing it. I just did it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't care. And for a type A perfectionist like me, there were some things to overcome. I was like mm-hmm. horrified by, you know, Instagram live having glitches or like, the audio wasn't always great. Or sometimes my guest was calling him from Sierra Leone and their Wi-Fi was real shit. Um, and there have been chickens, there have been dogs, there have been kids, there have been moms, there have been spills, there have been mm-hmm. people in their pajamas. Like we've literally seen all the things, but I feel like it just makes it more human. Cause I think for the first time in our life, or at least my life, like I don't know when something has impacted literally everybody. Like, mm-hmm. right. even if you haven't financially been impacted, which there are very few, mm-hmm. like still your way of life is different. And so we've had to turn in and tune in and turn on these body devices and figure out you know, how it all works. But I also think it equals the, the playing field a little bit uh, for folks from all over the world that now we're all having to come online and now maybe other people that wouldn't have normally had access to, to conversations or content and whatnot. Um, there's a lot of wonderful free resources and tools that are out there. Um, and then really speeding us up to the very present. We just did our hundredth episode of inspiration station. Uh, actually amazing. no, our hundred and first. Amazing. You. So we're, yep. we're just over 4 million views on IGTV and, I'm, I'm launching a new look to it. And, you know, something back in the day coming from advertising and branding mm-hmm. and marketing and publishing, you know, it was all about like the logo and the brand and the presentation and the everything. And so when I really look back at like the iterations of even Inspiration Station, I literally had to just throw perfectionism out the window. I was just like, yeah, okay people are going to forgive me right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you'd be a real jerk when I'm doing something for free with like no income coming in <laughs> yeah. to like judge like, Oh, my branding might not be up to stuff. Like we're working on it. It looks um, great. I'm so impressed. I'm like, God, I want her team of people. 
Well, and, you know, I'm very, that you bring up a, a very good point is I didn't do all this by myself. Well, um, you are the leader, but you know, just putting all the pieces yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, I have to say the I'm very lucky to work with former clients that believe in what I'm doing or mm-hmm. everyone from like, I would not have survived PS without my bookkeeper and accountant the past few months. Like, I mean, I'll take them, I'll take them to the grave with me. Those people are so awesome. Um, and then I have like my editors and photographers, and, like people who've just like really shown up. And I think mm-hmm. that is uh, something that COVID really brought to light is, I mean, it was the demise of my relationship. Thank God I mm. saw a lot of things that I wouldn't have seen okay. uh, had I been traveling. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. while hurtful, COVID silver lining is I saw what I saw and it was enough to make a decision that radically changed my life and my mm-hmm. way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving during a pandemic is not something I suggest you do, but um, <laughs> yeah, it happened and it just mm-hmm. like, it is what it is. And so I ripped off all the band-aids and like off we go. And September 9th, I actually bought a one-way ticket West Coast and met up with some friends in Denver. We rented a car, we drove through Vail and Moab and Zion. So Palm Springs into LA. And then I did a trip by myself all the mm-hmm. way from LA along Highway 1, and I went through Santa Barbara and Carmel, through Big Sur, I was in Sonoma for four nights, and then on to the lost coast of Mendocino County and mm. back through Sausalito, and Amazing. it was wonderful. And I normally, in olden days, like pre-COVID, pre-pandemia, mm-hmm. like I was in Turkey and Sierra Leone mm-hmm. and London, and I would have been in Cannes and Portugal and Spain, and then maybe down to Mexico a couple times, and I was all over the place. And I miss all those places and all those people. But this allowed me to like go explore my national parks and like wear some, wear my camel pack and my hiking boots and my Mm -hmm. cowgirl hat and just like run around in the equivalent of American flag umbros and just be like, yeah, America, you're pretty awesome. And I loved it. I loved it. It's kind of been a real like regrounding, rebooting Mm -hmm. time. Do you, when you travel now, COVID, like presently, Mm. is there always an element that, is it hard for you to switch off and just travel and be present? Or are you thinking, oh, I could interview this person, do a video here, (laughs) that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm definitely, what did someone call me yesterday? And I was like, I won't deny that. Um, (laughs) I I mean, definitely I am like, I'm on and like, I, but it's, I'm on because I'm living out my passion right now. So mm-hmm. even when I was in corporate America, I was still like the hardest of workers. I literally, okay. I, I had ask. one of my former bosses say to me, and maybe not the most constructive thing to say, but he was like, you're so perfect that people hate you. And I was like, mm. well, that's hmm, okay. Mm. But what I took away from that, like the ickiness aside was, okay, I need to back off a little bit. Or like, maybe I can like, let someone else take credit for something because I don't really need that. Um, Mm. So I made some like mini adjustments. I was also like super young in my career. I'm 41 now. And I've been doing my own thing for eight years. Yeah. 41. I I knew we were the same age. Slightly (laughs) less crazy. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think 
that was, I don't think a good leadership moment, but um, I, I was kind of like thrown to the wolves to figure it out myself. And managing people is, I think the hardest job on the planet. Yeah. Um, and now doing my own thing, it, at least the people that are coming to me, it is a labor of love. Like I mm -hmm. eat, breathe and sleep what I do. Um, but at least the people that come to me are usually coming to me because they're so impassioned by what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, you know, I had this, this business analyst like coming at me because, you know, my business has been totally decimated during the pandemic <laughs> travels, um, mm -hmm. hopefully coming back. And I hope I'm a part of the long-term solution, but it has not been easy. So right. yeah. I had this business consultant asking me all these questions and digging in. And like at one point I was like, geez, he is so intense. <laughs> and then finally he came out with it. He was like, oh my God, you're not driven by money and power. And I was like, no, I don't mm -hmm. give a shit. I actually like believe in the people and I just want to tell the good story. And he was yeah. like, you are a very rare breed. And I was mm -hmm. like, yes, probably like a financial nightmare, but I do believe in what I'm doing and I am going to figure it out and no one is going to stop me. And he was mm -hmm. like, I can see this. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's like a persistence that like keeps me moving and ticking. Um, to your, to your exact question, like when I left on September 9th, I was like, A, I need to get back out into the world as mm -hmm. safely as possible. I get tested like all the time. Touch oh, do you? Never wow. had COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get tested all the time. Um, it is becoming more and more easy and mm. it's becoming more okay. and more widely available and free, which mm -hmm. it should be. Yeah. Um, because I, I do believe that is one of the ways that, you know, we're going to kick this thing to the curb and be able mm -hmm. to return to whatever the next normal is, because I don't think the old way of life is going to come back the same. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But I started a funny, I call it a video postcard series and it's called sleeping around again safely. Love and it. literally from September 9th for like two and a half months, uh, literally till a few days ago, I was checking into new hotels every two to three nights. So mm. it was a bit of chaos. I am definitely, you can call me a digital nomad or a jet set gypsy or whatever you want to call me. Um, but like lived out of the same suitcase and I had my, my tripod and I bought a little gimbal and I filmed all of it on my phone and mm -hmm. then I would upload the footage and I'd send it to my editor because he is definitely a better editor than me. And um, he'd help me cut together these fun little postcards of sleeping around again safely. And you know, it sounds way more scandalous than it is, but it definitely helps with click-through rate. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. You need that. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, but like, it's nothing sexual for anyone that mm -hmm. might have these mysterious things. Um, but it's like showing what it looks like to be at that hotel and in that destination right now. And people are wearing masks at minimum and people mm -hmm. are using hand sanitizer and there is usually some kind of floor signage. Um, California was actually way more strict than I anticipated. Mm. There was no out indoor seating whatsoever. Luckily, they have better weather because you have a lot mm -hmm. of rooftop access or outdoor access. So they had kind of already figured that out where New York had a totally different challenge on its hands. And by the way, like I go to people's homes here because it's so freezing that it's really hard to sit outside and even remotely be able to eat. I'm like, 
not I'm like not no enjoyable. thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not enjoyable uh not mm-hmm. pleasant as they say but um mm-hmm. yeah no it's when i see a good story it's hard for me to turn off which is what i i think mm-hmm. your original question was and like when i meet a person i'm like okay i'm going to take note of you a, a positive pivot is you know back in the olden days pre-pandemia I would be in a destination for a week, two weeks, however long I was there. And it'd be chaos. You know, we'd be up at, I'd be trying to make myself look presentable at three in the morning. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, we'd be out before sunrise and we'd be filming like literally all day into the night. It's exhausting. But the people that have really like become my crew and, you know, we do rotate folks out here and there really like care and they like the experience too and they like meeting the people too and so they're willing to work hard and to show up for the experience and I think now more than ever like one of my guys you know the travel industry is so decimated while he used to have this rate and I was like you know partners just can't afford that right now and I was like I'm trying to figure it out and like I hope it's going to come back in 2021 he was like I I need to go on the road with you and he's like, I'll work with you. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm, you know, that we're all trying to like help each other and to get back out there. I, I think this like latest lockdown and shutdowns is definitely going to flip some stuff on its head. I was mm-hmm. on the phone on Friday with um, the producer of a national morning show because I do some broadcasts and whatnot as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's like, well, we're having we have hesitation to promote travel right now. And I was like, Mm. well, I hear you, but like you do have a doctor talking about like how to cover up and stay safe and whatever from like more of a medical travel angle. And I was like, and people are traveling and it's the holidays and people are going to travel. And I know Mm -hmm. it's not the same right now. We're not going to tell you, you know, you can't even go take a cruise if you'd like to at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was on a plane and granted they didn't seat the middle row, but there are people on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's very hurt, but it's coming back. And like when I talked to the urban hotels in LA area, um, they were up to 45%. I would have never wow. bragged about 45% before mm-hmm. considering they were either closed or at like 10% before yeah. That's actually a wonderful trend in the right direction. And they're Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's deals to be had. And those deals would, you know, probably be more on like the Sunday night through Wednesday night because they're probably able to sell the weekend blocks. Mm -hmm. But there's some some great deals and opportunities to have that daycation, staycation, like you just need to get away. I think uh, I'm actually going to be presenting for Tahiti tourism. I'm giving their keynote. on December 8th. And I was working around kind of that same article I worked on for the film festival. And it was just like, no, trends are like, things are starting to rebound. And like, but these are the trends that I had predicted in January, 2020. They're all still true. Oh, okay. Here's six new emerging trends that are going to be happening. And like, one of them is working from home wherever there's Wi-Fi. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but like schools in New York just closed again. And if people are doing remote work, remote remote school, and like my girlfriend works for a major, major media company, another friend of mine works for a major, major telecom company, neither of them are going back to work before April. 
maybe longer. Right. Yeah. So like now you can go to mm-hmm. Mexico for a month and stay in a villa or negotiate with a hotel for a suite. Mm-hmm. And like, if you have kids, why wouldn't you want to go to the inn at Newport Ranch and Mendocino County and be on the water and in the Redwood Forest and be able to go out for hikes? Like all people need now is Wi-Fi. And I think the nature getaways are like, Utah, forget about it. When I was there, sold out. Like mm. when I was in Sausalito, like sold out for the weekend. And I was like, huh. I mean, great. Like this makes me so happy. And like that wellness and transformation travel that uh, was already doing great. Like I, if I remember the stat correctly, the wellness sector is over $4 trillion pre pandemic. Mm. You know that is only going to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and within that is like wellness travel and like yeah. spa and like self-care. And that is definitely going to go bananas as we emerge from this thing. Mm-hmm. That's a very inspiring take on things because I wouldn't have known these details. I mean, travel just seems like definitely, yeah, a bit of a, and a bigger unknown. So this is good mm. to hear. And I think um, you're totally right about it's shifting. A lot of friends are doing the same thing. They're like, why would I stay here and when I can go elsewhere? So it's really opening mm. people's minds up in general. So I, I want to go back to a long time ago because your mm. story is like, it's so fascinating. And it sounds like you've just been like, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, just always, whatever comes your way, you go for it. Mm. So way back, did you ever have a time or a circumstance where you didn't feel seen? Mm. I mean, yeah, a lot, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, real early days, I grew up in a really loud, enormous family. And like, I don't know the size of your family, but like, it's whoever yells the loudest, you might get heard for about three seconds. Um, it's only if you do something really embarrassing that you might capture the attention of everyone in the family for longer than 10. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you navigate in a large family, you're just like, like you, you're just not seen like Mm -hmm. they love, they're loud and they're lovable, but like airtime is, is brief unless like someone's like really wants to sink their claws in and, and embarrass you. Um, one such example is that I really wanted to be Johnny Carson when I was little. My mom didn't let me watch a lot of TV, but I would sneak to my grandparents' house and I would watch things like National Geographic. And I would, um, like, I remember seeing Dr. Jane Goodall on TV and I would try to sneak Johnny Carson. And my grandfather, luckily, like, loved these shows. And so we'd sit there and, like, watch, and he would just, like, howl laughing. So imagine I was always, like, the shortest little kid in my class and I had these little blonde pigtails in my uniform and I was always very self-conscious about my voice because I've had this voice mm. since I was a little kid so imagine you got this little pipsqueak and then be like hey I'm Michaela and they're like <laughs> you have such a oh great voice but at that age oh my god well I mean I've even been told that my voice is too deep for morning television so like oh god I've been on plenty of morning television but I'm like I mean, okay, whatever. Um, So I'm always being like these like crazy no's and you're like, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that something I should actually like take into account because I didn't research enough, practice enough or whatever? Or is this something that's just like completely out of my control? Um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to be Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. I got a book out at the Bookmobile. It was 101 Pickle Jokes. And I know, ridiculous. And I went and my dad, you know, homicide. So he had this little recorder with the microphone. Oh, yeah. And uh, I sat, probably recorded over like some homicide confession, but recorded 90 minutes of pickle jokes. And at the end of every single joke, I went, ho, 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 <laughs> because I was trying to be like Johnny <laughs> yes and oh, so the reason okay. i bring it up is mm-hmm. like well i feel like my family like i'm the quiet shy one of my family like they're all like talking mm-hmm. over me and i'll just like i'll sit there and i'll like do yoga by myself in the corner i'll like read a book and whatever and they're like you know what's she doing mm. mm-hmm. but my mom one time when i brought a guy home for like the holidays like christmas songs and all the chaos is happening and all of a sudden i hear Ha, ha, oh, no. ha. And it's like, why oh, did the pickle? No. And, and I'm like, oh my God. It's out and of so a movie. They, <laughs> I don't get a lot of airtime, but, um, you know, they do like to take the piss out of me when, when they have a chance. So, um, mm. yeah, I would say navigating not feeling seen or heard. I'm most certainly in starting my own company. Mm-hmm. Um, I, a friend of mine I'm trying to delicately and diplomatically think of a way to like to address this a friend of mine who cares so much about me sent me a link today to like some new travel show that's out there Mm -hmm. and my first reaction was like oh just what the world needed another middle-aged white dude with a tv show and I didn't even know who this dude was Mm -hmm. and I was like what the heck and I literally had watched like the travel channel, the food network. And I was like, like, hello, what are the optics on this? Like with everything going on in the world right now, every show are dudes Mm -hmm. and they're white dudes. And I was like, hello, like, are you guys watching what's happening? Like, and Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I've been, I'm looking for an agent, I'm looking for a manager, I'm looking for distribution, I'm looking for a sponsor, like I'm looking for all these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh, is that, am I still up against that? And I'll never forget a woman that I think is just a total badass. Her name is SJ Murray. Um, she teaches storytelling at Baylor University. She's also like an executive producer and all the, all these things, she's amazing. And um she was, she looked at me and she's like, would corporate Michaela have put up with all this? And I was like, no. And she's like, so why is self-employed Michaela putting up with this? And I'm like, I don't know. And I was like, I think because what I'm doing has like never been done before. And she's like, well, so what? Like, do you actually need them? I don't think you need them. Just keep like building mm-hmm. your own audience, keep doing your own thing. And I was like, Huh. And I mean, the weirdest, I can't even lie. Like, I don't want it 
to seem easy. I'm staying at my friend's house, which is lovely, but like I am currently houseless. Mm -hmm. Um, like I am the best poster child for Manhattan mini storage and make space. Like (laughs) I'm a total minimalist. Like my life has totally upended itself, but I don't care because the things that matter to me are my company and the content I create, the people that I'm meeting Mm -hmm. and to truly like share inspiration during this crazy time. I mean, the person that Inspiration Station helped the most was actually me. It gave Mm. me purpose. And like, Mm -hmm. I cried multiple times during the show because of someone that was sharing their story with me. And one example was like one of my yoga instructors from uh, Moto Yoga. It's actually her birthday today. And she is 40 years old and now a breast cancer survivor. She just had to have a uh, double mastectomy. And mm-hmm. while she's telling the story, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like beautiful. Like, yeah. It's not, it's not there. It's a, it's a thing that impacts so many of us. Like, I think there's very few people that haven't in some way known or been impacted by someone with cancer. And mm-hmm. so um, I was just so honored that she was there to, to share her story with us. And Something that I, I've been told before is that I'm too smart for TV. And I'm like, well, mm. great. I agree with you. And I was like, I don't want to not be too smart for TV. That's <laughs> and I was like, that's, interesting. Yeah, I was like, mm. and I, you know, I think there are actually some new and interesting thought-provoking shows that are coming out there, mm-hmm. and, but they're newer. Um what I'd say the common thread of all the content that I create, Michaela's map, um, which often gets lumped into the travel category, I would actually argue is more of a human interest story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of our commonality of all the content shows that or the people you meet create is about people, places, and purposes. And so even if you're an armchair traveler, like my dad, who will never go anywhere, but knows everything about every destination ever, like mm-hmm. knows their history, like he's a total history buff. Mm-hmm. He watched the show and was like, huh, that was very interesting. I learned something new. It was actually more like history channel than I thought. And I was like, I mean, okay. And I was like, as long as he like is shifting perspective and opening his mind, I was like, I did my job. And I think mm-hmm. now more than never even people who were avid travelers have had to pull back Mm -hmm. um and so or maybe people just totally freaked out by covid whatever it is i think you can engage with the content we create because it's it's interesting it's real it's inspiring and it's very of the now yes so authenticity is a huge part of your brand what about okay now now i have learned a lot about your history and it makes a lot of sense (laughs) that like trying to get airtime. And then now you have a lot of airtime. I mean, that's, mm. it's not only you're telling stories, but it's also, you're putting yourself out there and showing up mm. all the time. So well, one question quickly is what do you do when you don't want to show up? <laughs> it happens plenty. Does it? Um, okay. Um, things that, I mean, showing up as in more like, I'm so exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, I'm so exhausted. And then there's the piece where if I don't really think or, or like the project, and then mm. that's a different set of evaluation points for me. Okay. Um, I've gotten better at saying no to things that 
don't feel like they're editorially in line. And mm-hmm. learning to say no is a new skill set for me that I am like learning to refine because I yeah. like to say yes mm-hmm. and I like to show up and to be there. And because I've said yes to like seemingly some really random things, like some wonderful pivots have come and mm-hmm. come out of that. Yeah. But then there's also like protecting your time and your energy, which are a limited resource. Mm-hmm. And so I really like sit down with myself and I'm like, okay, well, how would me staying up last night to 1am to write this article for the film festival in South Africa, you know, how, how does that benefit the person that's going to read it? How does, how does that benefit me? Like, mm-hmm. is it, is it good for the brand? Is it going to make it a positive difference or a positive impact? Like these are some of the questions that mm-hmm. I asked myself. And ultimately I was like, yeah, I think it does all the things. I think it's going to bring awareness. Um, I think it's going to help someone out at ITFFA that I really like and I believe in. And so believing in people and wanting to show up and support them is very important to me. Um, a recent time I had to say no with a caveat uh, was to someone I really love and I believe in. Mm. So um, I had a amazing woman named Eleanor. She was one of my interviewees in my Sierra Leone film. She lost one of her legs in a landmine during mm. the Civil War. And she has started the Disability Empowerment Project. And she is bringing things like crutches to people in remote villages who are otherwise just having to like sit like lumps on logs and Mm. and little shacks while their families like went out and worked and like really had no way of life and so she's helping make them mobile and so I have interviewed Eleanor in Inspiration Station she is uh, shot in my award-winning piece um, on Sierra Leone she actually came to the Wildlife Conservation Film Festival in New York for the screening and did a Q&A with me. Um, afterwards, she received a standing ovation when we did um, the piece, uh, showed the piece rather in Freetown. And she is literally the definition of inspiration. And she mm-hmm. started uh, this organization to raise money and um, you know, it's, it's hard. I have had a huge financial problem. I mean, just running my own company has always been a struggle, but like COVID, like a thousand percent negatively impacted us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of people, cause they do work with a lot of charitable causes, will like come back and like ask me for money. And I'm like, well, what I don't have in dollars to give you, I can give you in exposure or mm-hmm. I can help consult the launch of your website or I can reshare your social media or help shine a light on you. My, my gift to you can be my storytelling and my audience mm-hmm. um, where I can't financially support all the wonderful causes that I would love to. And so that was like a hard no for me to be like, well, I, I want to help share your story. And when that's ready to share, I'm happy to have you like come back on and to talk about it. I can promote it on our social platforms and whatever, but like, I don't physically have the money to do mm-hmm. this thing that you need right now. I was like, money is a very real thing to a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. So um, that was that was a hard no. But I feel like it was a no, a no but here's, here's how I can help. Yes, um, and so much that you 
offered, so, you know? Yeah, yeah. But there's, it is important to know, like, there is something to like, just saying yes. And actually I listened to a really interesting podcast, um, Mark Groves, create mm. the love. He's a love human connection him. expert. Mm-hmm. Right. But he's more like relationship yeah. and more so romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, he's had a couple people on and like, you know, the, the power of no. And, uh, there was a woman recently on about this, this thing where we always have to be positive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, that's another thing I struggle with is like, it would not be human to feel like sad or empathetic to like all that is going on right now. I think the difference is like, you have to be real. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a difference between being real and like asking for help or sharing your story or whatever the case may be and complaining and like feeling bad for yourself and not showing up for yourself or for those that you love. And so there's, there is the room to like, to grieve or to mourn or whatever it might be. But then it's like taking a stand for yourself. Okay. That was really hard. So today I'm going to listen to the mindfulness movement meditation on surrendering or like healing from trauma or Mm -hmm. manifesting or whatever the heck mood you're in or need to be in, like do some things to positively impact your day and to get into that flow. And sometimes I don't even have it in me to meditate. And I'm like, let me do a yoga class or like plot. I need to like move. I mean, there Mm -hmm. are days that I've like literally walked 15 miles because I was like, I just got to move. I got to move somewhere. I don't know where I'm going. Like I feel trapped. Gotta mm-hmm. go. And like, it's actually very therapeutic. And eventually you like chill out and you're like, okay, we're good now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And what is your non-negotiable habit? A daily, a daily non-negotiable for you? Oh uh, yeah. I do. I do meditation. I try to do meditation twice a day, actually. Mm. Um, if I can't do it in the morning or I choose to do like Pilates or yoga instead of my meditation in the morning, which sometimes happens. Um, and I, I consider long distance walking and running also kind of its own form of meditation. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that I'm not in front of a screen. I'm not doing something. Or if I'm in front of a screen, it's because I'm being guided. Um, <laughs> and then I'm like letting my brain and my body like ease into the day. But at night, almost every night I, I do meditate and Mm. my meditation practices changed because of COVID. I had learned, um, a form of transcendental meditation called Vedic meditation, which Mm -hmm. is deeply rooted in Ayurveda, which came from India thousands of years ago. Um, and I really liked it. It was so beneficial. So many wonderful things came from that. And I used to be like religious about my meditation and with COVID and throw in, I also had like the breakup and the move out and all the moving around and the mm-hmm. financial insecurity and all that stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, I do not feel capable. Even though I know I am, I don't feel mm-hmm. capable of like sitting down with this mantra and meditating. I was like, I need something else right now. And so I've turned to some of these like online guided meditations and I, I brought up the mindfulness movement. I really, really like this woman, Sarah Raymond. I listen to her almost every single day. Mm, um, yeah, I know. And she's got them again for like all the different things, gratitude, surrendering, whatever, you know, like whatever mm-hmm. mood you're in, self-worth is like a big thing. Yep. Um, 
And then I'm sometimes sound baths if I'm just like really at night, if I don't feel like meditating, I don't want to hear someone speaking. I just need to like mm-hmm. be lulled in. Um, I literally like do the thing where like the stress leaves my body and I'm like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that's one of them. And then like Moto Yoga actually also offer free meditations on their IGTV, uh, I think almost daily and they save them on IGTV. So mm-hmm. you can go back and like do the classes or do the meditations. So there's a lot of wonderful free resources out mm-hmm. there right now. And those are non-negotiable for non-negotiable. me. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I really, when I left American Express, that was uh, eight years ago, it was a stressful time then too. And like, little did I know how different my life would look. You know, mm-hmm. I had the corner apartment in the West Village and I had the guy dated for eight years and I was this young hotshot VP at American Express and I was traveling the world and all of a sudden, all those things were going away and changing. And I was like, okay, what are some things I'm going to do right now? And I'm like, I'm going to make a commitment to myself to not complain and to not focus on the negative. That doesn't mean the negative doesn't happen. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean occasionally I don't complain. But I like, I catch myself. I try to be aware. I try to mm-hmm. be mindful about it because when has complaining really ever made you feel better? Has it really ever like positively impacted or changed the course of the situation? No, mm-hmm. I'm not saying sometimes you don't just need to vent. Yeah. Like, sure. But usually I can like breathe it out in a meditation or like go for a walk or whatever and just be like, okay, I'm over it. No sense in wasting my limited energy in that. I'm going to like now rechannel that into like doing something awesome. And mm-hmm. I think that's something is like, I've learned how to shift my energy, my communication into doing something good for me and positive and like mm-hmm. including creating content that is fun, like with fun people and like highlighting fun stories. And they don't always have to be these they don't always have to be, um, you know, Eleanor. Once, Krill, hold on. Um, sorry, my editor. <laughs> um, they don't always have to be these like crazy stories of Dr. Jane Goodall going to do this thing. It could just also be the small business owner that's mm-hmm. like made a, a good pivot and is like, in addition to like running the garden and the farm at the hotel down the street. They're mm-hmm. also now making care packages for their neighboring community during COVID. And there's so many wonderful stories out there like that. Yeah. And um, I think that's one of the beautiest things that COVID has brought to light is that we are all connected and we all have an obligation to each other. So mm-hmm. Definitely. So just, I know you have to go. <laughs> um, the Okay. So the, the intuition actually, I think is, is something I'd like to ask you about because you said mm-hmm. like you go on intuition, things have come, you know, come to you. I do believe that we are magnetic. Like we, you know, attract things yeah. into our lives right. and I now agree. getting a better insight into your mindset and the way that you look at life is, is really interesting because, um, yeah, intuition is huge. So how, is there any kind of practices or any advice you would give to someone that's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't can't tap into my intuition. Oh my God. If only I had listened to my gut mm. all the time. Like <laughs> it, it's weird going back to like the comment from SJ. Um, 
would corporate Michaela have done this? And I had a sick intuition of like, if a deal was not going to happen or something Mm. wasn't going to come through. And for some reason, like I would know it before it happened. And I had this ability to predict and to shift. And really, I mean, in 2008, I started going to my new publisher and being like, I'm having nightmares about the future of advertising. He told me he didn't pay me to think like that. That was another thing. But Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, all right. Well, I can't stop thinking about it because this is my career and my job. And like, Mm -hmm. that was one of the things that led me to like, keep kind of dipping my toe in the water of potentially owning my own company, but I didn't know. And I was too scared, like, because what I had done had never existed and had had all the shifting and like knowing that my intuition told me that my company was going to get sold to another company that didn't have a solution I believed in either. And I knew it was going to be a bloodbath and it was already becoming a bloodbath. And we Mm -hmm. were doing so much more with less and with less people. And we had already had layoffs and um, my clients were reducing budgets. And I was like, Oh my God. And I was like, if I have to work with like less people and every single one of my accounts takes this much work and is going to be down, like, and nobody can tell me what's happening or the solution. I need to go do something about this. And so that, that intuition led me to trying my own thing. And, you know, it, mm-hmm. you do need money and resources and things to make things happen. And um, I don't know, like taking a chance on telling certain stories, like kind of being in the right place at the right time. I mean, Sierra Leone came about because I was like reconnecting with a former client of mine and I was doing a project with Botswana and I brought him in on something and he's like, well, you know, you might be able to help me with this thing with uh, Sierra Leone. And I was like, it's kind of a hard destination to promote traveling to. Mm, And mm -hmm. then he told me some of the different stories that were happening. And he's like, oh, and Dr. Jane Goodall. And I was like, oh, oh, just say yes right now. And that's, (laughs) I was like, that's the universe like Mm -hmm. coming in. And so I've never worked harder on a project. I probably Mm -hmm. lost a lot of money on that project to date, but It was such a wonderful experience. It was Mm -hmm. life-changing and transformative. And um, I like, I can't wait to publish that story. And like literally almost all the people that I met there, I am in touch with and I I consider friends. And so when people are like, oh, our global community, I'm like, no, no. Like I really have a global community of people that care, that, that, that think similar to, to me and that we just had or could be totally different but like we know so much about each other because we shared this very intimate moment and very Mm -hmm. inspiring interview and I would do anything in my power to like help them in whatever way I could and the same I feel like I could call most of them and be like hey here's where I'm at like what can we do together Mm -hmm. and um, that is why I'm so excited to share our Michaela's map stories as soon as we can because I think they're very, very powerful and they're not, maybe they're not the same format as traditional TV or whatever they might be, but I was like, they're all really stinking awesome people that are making a really big difference. And I have always believed in spreading positivity and 
and happiness. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like that's more relevant now than it was even before COVID. Oh yeah. If you really, really want to tap into your intuition, sit still for a few minutes and meditate, like your your conscious, whatever you want to call it, is always trying to tell you stuff. Mm-hmm. Always. You just gotta tune in. <laughs> exactly. I know it's huge. And okay, one last question. Sure. What do you want to be known for? Oh, well, I mean, I hope that someone would always have something nice to say about the the quality of our work and really for introducing them to inspiring stories. And I have, as one example, um, a travel agent. She works at Ovation Travel. Um, She's just a bright light and a bundle of energy. And at the beginning of the pandemic, she wrote me and she was like, I'm not doing anything. I love, I love you. I love what you do. I love this inspiration station. She's like, it is so inspiring. And the people that you're introducing us to, how can I help you? And she has been volunteering for me and Oh, the people you meet for months. And Mm -hmm. like, she texts me all the time. Like she really gives a shit. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I do believe in like good karma and things like, you know, that, that give, give and being able to receive, which is something that I've not always been so strong for. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's less that I feel like I have to have like a legacy or something, but mm-hmm. I'd like the people that like work with me or are featured by me to, to be proud um, that, and I'm so honored that and humbled that they let me share their stories. So mm-hmm. Well, I'm very honored and humbled <laughs> that you're sharing your story with me. Thank you so much. Thank you. How can people find you in, in all the places? Um, I know you're everywhere. <laughs> and I'll list yeah, no, them I as mean, well. Certainly you, can, certainly you can Google, but um, who does that anyway? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I have the website, obviously, is Oh, the People You Meet. And then I'm on Instagram, Michaela Guzzi, as well as OTPYM. So one features myself as well as our contributors' work. And then Michaela Guzzi is me and my shows. That's where you'll find Inspiration Station and Sleeping Around Safely. And I'm sure we'll be promoting Michaela's Maps soon. I do have some teasers to Michaela's map on our YouTube page, which is Michaela Guzzi um, on YouTube. I'm on LinkedIn. We have three Facebook pages. So uh, yeah, should be easy enough yeah. to track down. <laughs> yes. I love the Instagram. The in- inspiration station is great. I'm um, yeah. Oh, it's it's awesome. That means so, a lot. Thank you for showing up and continuing to show up. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, thank you for doing what you're doing. It's very important. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Michaela. No, the honor's all mine. Thank you. So good to see you. <laughs> Keep up the awesome work. Thank I can't you. Wait to see it. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, definitely send it on over to a friend or family member or colleague who you think would enjoy it. If you are an entrepreneur and you are ready to hone your on-camera presence and you would love some help with that, so you can show up with ease and authenticity and just really be able to connect with your audience better. Get in touch with me. I work one-on-one with clients, but I also do groups and work with teams and really just enhance your ability to show up and be seen on camera, which these days is super important. So 
get in touch with me, I mainly hang out over on Instagram. You can find me at where is Willow. Thanks again for being here. Cheers to carving your own fucking path.